0: Western Kentucky showed up for the New Orleans Bowl. South Alabama did not. It's Locked On Sunbelt. You are Locked On Sunbelt, your daily podcast on the Sunbelt Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another edition of Lockdown Sunbelt. I am your host, Dave Schultz, my host afternoon, Sports Radio 1055 WNSP uh, in Mobile, Alabama, covering the aforementioned South Alabama Jaguars. And prior to that, in Lafayette, Louisiana, 1037 the game, hosting mornings on that station, covering the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns. Uh, today's episode of Lockdown Sunbelt is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before online where the game starts. Uh, in, uh, in addition to going over the uh, New Orleans Bowl, we'll preview again the uh, Independence Bowl with uh, Houston and uh, Louisiana. Uh, no podcast on Thursday. Sorry about that. Time kind of got away from me from getting to bed at like 1 a.m. to getting up and having to come back from New Orleans to Mobile and doing a show. So I, I, I do apologize. So we'll do two shows into one here. Uh, for Friday and get you ready for the weekend, then we can recap the weekend and look at the Tuesday when the Sun Belt wraps up with uh, two bowl games, for the price of one, I guess, uh, in the state of Alabama, Montgomery, uh, the Camellia Bowl, and uh, the Birmingham Bowl. All right, so last night, so let's recap uh, what this whole New Orleans Bowl was all about, right? Uh, South Alabama, uh, 10 wins, record-setting season Uh, on my show today, you got to count, Uh, three seasons, including last year, Kane Womack's first year, to get to 11 wins. So they had uh, five wins in 21, if I can remember, (laughs) Uh, four wins in 20, and two wins in 19. So they had 11 wins over the last three seasons. They had 10 this year. That's outstanding. Uh, the offense never seemed to, as oddly as this is, was as consistent as it was in the beginning of the year. and it kind of goes back to the Louisiana Tech ball game. Louisiana Tech kept on turning the ball over, and South Alabama, for whatever reason, could not take advantage. South Alabama's offense was very good against uh, Arkansas State when they could run the ball. Uh, they finished up very strong against Georgia Southern, but they also started off very slow. They fell behind Georgia Southern 21 to 7. They fell behind Southern Miss 17-7. (coughs) to Excuse me. (coughs) Uh, And the one thing that was pretty good, though, was the defense. And the defense would make the adjustments like it did against Georgia Southern, like it did against Southern Miss, even like it did against UCLA. Uh, But the offense seemed to be explosive at times and anemic at times. Whereas Western Kentucky's got this high-powered offense, not this great of a defense, and it's all on the shoulders of Austin Reed. And we've talked about that for a couple of shows now, that Austin Reed goes into the portal. We're not sure if he's playing. Comes out of the portal, stays at Western Kentucky, gets a nice NIL deal, and then lights up the Superdome. Going into the ballgame, I thought if South Alabama could hold – Western Kentucky to under 30, they'd be in the game. And if it got to in the 30s, they would not. Well, it turns out neither team was in the 30s. As it, as it turns out, Western Kentucky beats South Alabama 44-23. And to be honest with you, that score does not indicate how close the game was. The game was not that close. Halftime was 31-3. to I guess the South Alabama defense played a little bit better in the second half. Got a uh, Yam Banks outstanding interception in the end zone. They held... Uh, to a a couple of field goal attempts. Uh, There was one touchdown early on uh, in the second half. uh, And and South Alabama's offense came alive as well. I couldn't tell you if Western Kentucky was playing reserves or not, uh, but they did outscore them 21-13 in uh, in the second half. But that's why it was not nearly as close as uh, that would indicate. Um, South Alabama just wasn't ready. Uh, You know, the way offenses and defenses are called, You know, the offense lines up, they call a play, they look to the side, and they either run the play that they called or run another play and change the call. The defense waits for the offense to line up, looks to the sideline after the offense looks to the sideline, and they shift based on what the offense does. The problem with what happened to South Alabama was Western Kentucky didn't wait for them to shift. More than a couple occasions, Western Kentucky went while South Alabama was looking at the sidelines. The wide receivers were incredibly wide open. Uh, Corners, Jamar Richardson biting on the the two-pass play, uh, and wide receiver was wide open for a touchdown. Uh, To begin the second half, South Alabama goes down and scores. Thirty-one to ten. We just saw. I know it's a different level and you know different game, whatever the case may be. But the Vikings were down thirty-three nothing. So, okay, I'll bite. Thirty-one to ten. You get a stop and a score, and it's thirty-one to seventeen, with probably at least the fourth quarter to go. Never happened because they couldn't get a stop. The longest drive Western Kentucky had, I believe longest touchdown drive was a minute 49 their first drive all night second drive minute 36 next touchdown drive 32 seconds their field goal drive 201 their touchdown drive to end the second quarter we'll get to that a little bit of a not greatness on the referees a minute 38 touchdown drive to begin the second half after the, the jaguars put something on the board a minute thirty-eight. They did have a five-minute thirty-six, uh, five-minute thirty, well, five minutes thirty-six seconds uh, field goal drive at the end, uh, in the fourth quarter. But by then, uh, the ball game was over. So, I mean, the reason the field goal drives are a little bit longer is because they got they got bogged down in the red zone. This is the problem, right? I mean, in the second quarter, Corey Munson hits a twenty-three yard field goal. Corey Munson hits a 31-yard field goal. And Corey Munson hits another 31-yard field goal. He also missed a field goal uh, as well. Uh, and South Alabama just never got a chance to get in this ballgame. When, uh, when the defense couldn't get a stop, the offense couldn't keep up. Western Kentucky uh, was up 14 to nothing. And all right, let's see if you can get something going. First snap on that next possession for uh, for South. Carter Bradley can't handle it. Low snap, fumble and you're behind the eight ball uh, to begin with. I think the most disappointing thing I am with the South performance is they could not run the football. The the Western Kentucky offense, not a surprise, slightly disappointing, but not a surprise. That's what they do. All right, Austin Reed has over 4,000 yards, and he got four more touchdowns. That gives him 40 on the season. That's good for number one in the country right now until the others play their bowl games. What was disappointing is that South Alabama could not run the football at all. Now, eventually, you're going to give up running the football because you're down 31 to 3 at half. But the reason you're down 31 to 3 at half is you could not run the football. So including the sacks, South Alabama had a grand total of 44 yards rushing. Can't happen. That's unacceptable. Western Kentucky gives up an average of 155, and South Alabama averages 166. Western Kentucky set all kinds of records against South Alabama, 677 yards, the most ever by an opponent against South Alabama. The passing yards by Austin Reed and others, 522 yards. This is only the second time that, maybe third, I guess, that South Alabama has been blown out under Kanwanek. The first time was actually App State, and that was with backup quarterback. uh, Jake Bentley was out. And then they went to Tennessee, and as you can imagine, uh, Tennessee, you know, they got outmanned. This ballgame was one of the few times this game uh, against Western Kentucky and I think the ULM ball game up in Monroe last season are the only two games that I did not see that South Alabama didn't have answers. You know, they should have beaten the Raging Cajuns at home last season, but they missed a field goal and they missed a touchdown in the end zone. You know, they you know they should have and probably could have beaten uh, Coastal Carolina last year. Uh, they are not out of these games. You know the, this is the aberration. Now is when South Alabama gets blown out because it does not happen. It's happened. What have they played? Thirteen games this year, twelve last, twenty-five ball games, and K. Womack was. Rebuilding a program, they've gotten blown out three times. One by Western Kentucky, one by Tennessee, and one by App State. And that's it. And you had your backup quarterback playing on the road uh, in lovely Boo, North Carolina. So some of that is expected. Some of it is uh, disappointing. Uh, all right, so what does South Alabama have to do to take it to the next level? Uh, that was brought up this morning to me, and we want to discuss that. Uh, right after uh, this, did you know? <clears throat> excuse me. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is is against the law in every state, even in where states, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell. Your coworkers can tell. Even your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time. (coughs) Like I said, it was a long night. And change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. Please be safe Uh, during the holiday season. We're getting uh, bomb cyclones uh, all around. And the last thing you need to be is impaired when that's the case. And this weather is hitting throughout the country, upper Midwest, East Coast. We're going to be in the teens down here in Alabama. So uh, please be careful as you are hopefully celebrating the holiday season with friends and family. Okay. So this morning on uh, the opening kickoff, actually, on my radio station, WNSP, Mark Heim, a co-host, along with Lee Shervanian, he's like, well, when is it time for South Alabama to start winning these big ball games?" So a couple of things. He's not wrong. He pointed out the UCLA game and the Troy game and this ballgame, uh, the New Orleans ball. Uh, and a couple of things should be mentioned. First off, no one thought they were going to beat UCLA until the game got going and then they should have beaten UCLA and kind of let it get away from them. Uh, especially at the end with a poorly executed fake field goal. And so that's a different kind of story when they did fall flat against Troy, Troy played better that day. But if you told me they lost to Troy 21, 17, I'd say, okay, Troy's pretty good. Defensively losing to Troy 10 to six, not great. And then you have this one as well. Where you just got outclassed uh, on offense and on defense. Uh, but it should be mentioned, we did it in the first segment. You know, South Alabama is at that level where they are winning the games that they should be winning. That's not the easiest of all levels. There's plenty of teams out there, and South Alabama was one of them, not winning games that they should win based on the talent, based on the program, uh, based on everything and Kane Womack has them to the point of winning ball games that they should win before the game starts uh, winning ball games that maybe they shouldn't once the game starts again they're down 21 to 7 and facing a punt against Georgia Southern they do a fake punt and outscore the Eagles 31 to 10 the rest of the way they're down 17 to 7 against Southern Miss on the road in Hattiesburg and their quarterback is beat up carter bradley was banged up in that ball game And they somehow managed to find a way to win that game. Uh, And so they did those two ballgames. I don't think should be eliminated because they weren't on ESPN or a bowl game or they were favored or expected to win those ballgames. I'm not sure if they were favored to win Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern took three games to recover from that loss. They lost to Louisiana and then lost to, I think, Marshall. And it took them the App State ballgame at the end of the season to snap out of it. That's the kind of spiral that South Alabama put Georgia Southern in. So Heim's not wrong when he suggests now is the time to take the next step, and it probably is now. Who do they got next year where they can take the next step from? First of all, the Sun Belt schedule is going to be much more difficult. They avoided Marshall, James Madison, App State, and Coastal Carolina. None of those were on this. None of those were on uh, the schedule. Right, It was from the Eastern uh, Division. It was Georgia Southern, which is pretty good, and Old Dominion. So good bet that one of those teams that are in the top four or five in the East are going to be on the schedule next year. They do open the season against Tulane. And Tulane, I don't know what Tulane's got coming back, but Tulane could very easily be a top 25 team coming back next season. South Alabama is probably going to be picked to win the Sunbelt Conference Western Division. All right. Uh, we'll see what Troy does with their quarterback situation. Obviously, they're losing the NCAA's all-time leading tackler, Carlton Marshall. Uh, they got a good haul in uh, recruiting-wise on signing day, but we'll see how much that affects their team next season. Uh, I would presume that South Alabama is going to be picked to win the Western uh, division over Troy. Troy will probably be finished uh, picked to finish. Second, and then Southern miss, and then uh, the Cajuns, probably. We'll see what uh, G.J. Kinney has up his sleeve for Texas State. But they'll be picked to win it. And they start off the season against Tulane, and that's a great way to see if you can, you, know play with the big boys of the G5, because Tulane's pretty good. And then you're going on the road eventually to Oklahoma State and Stillwater and see if you can compete with the Cowboys. All right, because they they didn't compete with Western, and they didn't compete. They competed with UCLA, right, game they should have won, and they didn't compete with Tennessee. Let's see if they uh, can compete with the Cowboys uh, up in Oklahoma City, or uh, uh, Oklahoma State and in Stillwater, and see if they can take the next level because, again, or the next step, and maybe win a game that you're not supposed to win. Right? They won't be favored on the road to Tulane, probably. They certainly won't be favored on the road to Oklahoma State. And that's how these coaches, for the most part, you know, get noticed. Uh, I'm sure people are taking notice what Kane Womack is doing down here. He's, you know, been a long time coach. His dad was a long time coach. And so, certainly not anonymous by any stretch of the imagination, but it's usually, you know, Kane Womack and South Alabama going into UCLA and beating them in the Rose Bowl or going to Stillwater and beating Oklahoma State, something along those lines. I'm not sure if you're going to beat Oklahoma State, but. You know, if you can have a Billy Napier type of year with the Cajuns, uh, like he did, where he lost to Texas and reeled off 13 straight wins or something along those lines, right? They would have been 11 and 1, win the uh, Sunbelt Championship. That makes them 12 and 1 and win the bowl game. They went 13 and 1 last year. Why can't you do that? I'm not sure if it matters if you beat Oklahoma State or not. It'd be nice to compete with them, uh, but. It is, it will be interesting to see if they take the next step. And I don't think it's the worst thing in the world that they lost this game the way they did. I'm going to go all hashtag always a bright side. This is going to stick in their craw for eight months, right? They're going to have, they're not going to enjoy the holiday season. Uh, They're not going to get over it. I would have 4423 printed all over uh, the weight room. Uh, This is what's going to get Ladanian Webb up at, you know, 5 a.m. to go lift. It's what's going to get Carter Bradley and Devin Voison and Colin Lacey to go throw. It's going to, you know, get those guys on the defensive line to get an extra step, you know, to work on their quickness. Um, whereas. Yeah. Yeah. We won 44, 23. We're going to get all puffy chest and, you know, people have to come after us now. Now it goes through, you know, mobile for the Sunbelt championship. We're on, we're here. All right. We've arrived. Now they have not and, it's going to be a long eight months. Uh, they got to finish off a class that I'm not sure was all that impressive. They have some nice pieces, a lot of local flavor. I think that's fantastic, uh, but they probably have to add some more uh, players from the portal. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see that here uh, over the next week or two uh, as uh, more ball games, more bowl games uh, have been finished up, and um, enrollment starts <coughs> excuse me, enrollment starts for the next semester. Uh, shortly after the new year, at some places. All right. Uh, all right. So, after this, uh, let's talk about the Independence Bowl because it is time for the Cajuns to see if they can step up. South Alabama's loss was the first one uh, of the Sun Belt. They're now three and one. And I think the tough one, I, we did mention it that the first three ball games. let's see, it was Troy, Marshall, and Southern Miss were considered the better teams. In this case, South Alabama was favored but lost. Let me see what the line is for uh, this ball game because uh, the Cajuns are missing a bunch of players. I think it's, um, I think it's seven. Yeah, still seven. All right, all right. So quickly, let's uh, preview. The Independence Bowl, which is going to be awfully cold. Hopefully, people are driving safe from uh, Lafayette up to uh, Shreveport. Uh, And I don't think you have Michael Jefferson. I don't think you have, um, is it Andre? It's not Andre Carter. Is it Andre Jones? You got guys that are not playing because they opted out to go pro. Um, I I think Zion Hill, uh, defensive lineman not playing. Uh, so they have some guys that are not going to be out there. Some vital pieces of the puzzle. I think Zion Hill has been there forever, uh, but he's going uh, pro Dante Fleming. He transferred to Tulane. So there's a bunch of guys that are not playing in this football game. And I think it's going to be really tough for uh, the raging Cajuns to try and uh, keep up with uh, the Houston uh, Cougars Houston Did not have a good season. Um, Not at all. Uh, They were coming off a 12-win season. They had a bowl victory over Auburn. And they just fell flat this year. Their quarterback is heading towards uh, the Senior Bowl. So, uh, Clayton Toon, 3,800 yards and 37 touchdowns. uh, 10 interceptions, a very Austin Reed-type season. Uh, He's coming to the Senior Bowl. So, he's going pro. So this is their last, you know, this is their last dance. Sorry, Michael, uh, uh, to try and uh, maybe shake off what was not a uh, the expected results of 2022 for the Houston Cougars probably looking to build on their 12-win season uh, last year, and it did not go their way, and they get a depleted raging Cajuns team. I will take Houston uh, in this one. It will be interesting to see. Uh, You know, do they try to run the ball? Are they going to throw? I'm presuming they're going to throw the ball all over it again. Clayton Toon is their leading rusher with 491 yards. So it's all Clayton Toon. He's even got five rushing touchdowns. So it really is all Clayton Toon. Looking forward to seeing him in uh, the senior ball. All right. I want to thank you very much for tuning in to another edition of Locked on a Belt. Wishing you a Merry Christmas. We will have a – I'm off on Monday – Uh, from the radio station, but we'll have an episode on Monday recapping the um, Independence Bowl, spit it out, Uh, and then one more chance to look at the Camellia Bowl and uh, the Birmingham Bowl. Uh, Coastal Carolina's Grayson McCall not going to Auburn, Uh, so that uh, that little side story uh, not as uh, interesting as it once was, and you got uh, Georgia Southern going against Buffalo in the Uh, Committee Bowl. So we will uh, look ahead to those next week uh, as well. But please have a safe and uh, wonderful uh, Christmas. Uh, Wishing everyone uh, a happy holidays. And uh, I do appreciate everyone that's been tuning in. I've been doing this for a few months. We will look to get uh, basketball going. Uh, Conference play starts next week. So uh, we're uh, looking forward to that uh, as well. Once again, I'm your host, Dave Schultz, and you've been listening to Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day.